Good morning. This is Mondo Homunculero. It's February the 17th, 2021, era of Vulgaris. I'm speaking with you deep from the heart of Thanateros Production Studios at Casa de Mondo Zaskia, located in Phoenix, Arizona. How's everybody doing this morning? I know you're not going to answer. I hope you're doing well. Here's a new tune from Lamb of God. Called Ghost. Ghosts. Shaped. People. Wednesday, a day of Odin, and he will come to collect the souls of the heroic dead. Wow, I wonder who those are. Okay, today we're going to cover a, a couple of different uh, paths, topics. Uh, start with a little more of that bibliomancy from that book from yesterday, which is called Twilight of Democracy, The Seductive, seductive Lure of Authoritarianism by Annie Applebaum. At a fish restaurant in an ugly square on a beautiful night in Athens, I described my 1999 New Year's Eve party to a Greek political scientist. Quietly, he laughed at me. Or rather, he laughed at me. He didn't mean to be rude. But this thing I was calling polarization was nothing new. The post-1989 liberal movement, this was the exception, Stathis Kalavius said, unity is an anomaly. Polarization is normal. Skepticism about liberal democracy is also normal 
and the appeal of authoritarianism is eternal. Still, even for the most optimistic centrists, we're not convinced that this change would last, even the most of them. We survived the left-wing extremists, several people reflected gloomily, and now we're bracing for the right-wing extremists. I'm of the opinion that that's probably what's going to happen here. Uh, this morning I listened to some good common sense about uh, the Biden administration. I watched bits and pieces of Biden's town hall on CNN last night. I like what he said about the pandemic. And, you know, there's one glaring fact that he's not going to point out, so I'm going to point it out for you. Among the other pundits, I'm not a pundit. We were unprepared. We're unprepared with vaccines. We only had about 53 million vaccines to distribute in this initial phase. That's about uh, 300 million short for a first dosage. Actually, we should have been at about 640 million. That's right, 640 million doses. That way I could have been vaccinated, you could have been vaccinated, everybody could have been vaccinated. We've already seen the results of what happens or what is happening. The caseload and the deaths have gone down precipitously. That's a steep downward plunge. It's still quite high. We still had like 53,000 cases yesterday nationally in the U.S. I didn't look at the death count. Those numbers are going down. it's It's a very good situation. It's very encouraging. I uh, I really want to point out a couple of other things as well. Um, Biden's done a pretty good job in the first three, four weeks. Pretty good job. He's kind of getting us out of the quagmire. And we are in a quagmire. There's no question about that. We're having a lot of problems uh, uh, economically. Now, Let's face it, the hard-hit industries were travel, food and beverage, and some of the more in-house service industries. Uh, Retailers got hurt pretty bad, uh, the ones that didn't have uh, the online to supplement their brick and mortar. I'm seeing here in Phoenix that people are back in force at the retailers. (laughs) Every Saturday I go to this... uh, I go to a clinic where I get stretched, and wow, does that do me a lot of good. I, I can't tell you enough. If you have stretch clinics around, go try one out. See if it helps you out, I'm, especially if you have any stiffness or, uh, you know, it, cramping, anything like that, any muscle stuff going on or, uh, you know, musculoskeletal neurological stuff going on. It might help. It helps me tremendously. I'm able to get around like I haven't been in about four or five years. At any rate, every Saturday morning, I go to this uh, strip mall, where there's a grocery store, there's uh, this clinic, there's uh, a couple of bagel places, small restaurants, a health food store. And what do I see? I see a lot of people in my vulnerable group walking up without a mask on, going into a restaurant without a mask on, you know, sitting outside defiantly close to other people at less than four feet away, three feet away from people, sitting there conversing, talking like there's no tomorrow. 
well, maybe they all got vaccinated. I doubt it, unless they somehow cut in front of the line. So what I see here in my own uh, hometown is a lot of stupidity. People are thinking that they're bulletproof because other people got vaccinated. Are they? I wonder. I don't have time to get down on the street and interview people. I wish I did. That needs to be done. We, we need to do out, get out and do some more street interviews. I, I'll, I'll, I'll try and do that when I get a chance. I'll, I'll absolutely make an effort to do that. A lot of things going on in the country. Let's take a brief look here. Uh, I'll go on Facebook to see what's in my feed. Okay, what's in my feed here? I'm getting a lot of, uh, I get a lot of friend requests uh, from these bots that uh, advertise these sex sites, you know, where you can go in and look at naked pictures of women who are supposedly in your area who want to have sex with you and blah, blah, blah. And it's all a scam to get your monthly get your monthly uh, money or to get you to buy a six-month deal. It's just a scam. You never get any action, you know. Well, some people claim they do. Now, I have a friend who goes to one of these um, sugar baby sites, and he gets a lot of action. It costs him money. I mean, he's got money to blow, so right, good for him. Okay, oh, here, here's, here's one. The Talk on Main Street is the name of this page, and it says, As of Monday night, more than 4 million households in Texas lack power due to a catastrophic set of circumstances that hobbled the state's power grid, and those attempting to seek shelter elsewhere faith both dangerous road conditions and a potential exposure to a deadly pandemic. How about that? How about that, boys and girls? Okay, so here you have, I talked about this on the last podcast. Here you have Texas, right? So Texas is this state. Uh, <laughs> I laugh at Texas because I think Texas is, you know, I, I don't like Texas. I, I've said that over and over again. I've said it over and over and over again. I don't like Texas. Why? Because I've had to speak to a lot of people there for years because of business who have the mentality of a butt-fucked goat, yeah, they're they're a lot of them are deluded. They they actually are 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 <coughs> they're they're in the lost cause mentality a great deal. They're they're xenophobes a lot of them, uh, you know. And then there's some very kind, wonderful, loving, caring people in Texas that I dearly love. And I had a, I have an ex girlfriend, an ex fiance who's from there who I still dearly love. We don't communicate anymore because she, she got married, moved down the road. The old man died. Maybe left her a pile of money. Okay, that's what she was kind of after. She was one of the most dedicated Marxists I had ever met, and I think she got a, a PhD in military history. Wonderful lady. Uh, love her dearly still. But anyway, she was from Texas. She had that sweet, beautiful voice, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, so, but anyway, the problem is, is Texas is over-privatized when it comes to energy. That's right. That's the problem. And, and so what did that piece of shit uh, unfortunately, he's he's disabled, bound to a wheelchair. I mean, he just m makes a bad light shine on a lot of people who are disabled. Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, a total piece of shit. Oh, my cat's crying. Ha, ha, ha. Fuck you, Jerry. Anyway, uh, so Greg Abbott came on and tried to blame green energy for the power shutdowns. Wrong. 
in fact, when you look at the facts, and that's been reported by a Republican uh, energy uh, energy official in Texas, most of the power in Texas comes from fossil fuels. Actually, most of it comes from natural gas, and some comes from coal, and some comes from oil. Now, I have been selling equipment to a lot of these private energy companies down there for years. And what's happened is they have several power companies there. And that's how you that's how you get your power. That's where you buy your power. Instead of those being publicly owned entities with a central planning, right, which which has everything in place to combat sub-zero weather, okay, we have a bunch of numbskulls and lunatics. Now, the reason that wind power failed, according to one of the sources, is that the blades were not the carbon blades that are frost-free, that don't get frozen up in sub-zero weather or very close to freezing weather. There you go. So once again, we've seen dunderheads in Texas. Now, I'm not saying that the majority of people in Texas are of that mentality. I don't know. I, I think there's a good portion of them who are. And I think there's a good portion of people there who have a sensible, rational, uh, even what we call liberal mentality. I, I just really don't like the term liberal. At any rate, we know there's good people there. We know there's people who really care. We know there's people there who would probably go for having public power. Now, in my own state, we'd be vulnerable to this too because what do we have? We have basically here in the area where I live, two power companies. One of them is called SRP. They are a cooperative, supposedly, a nonprofit cooperative. And they do pretty good. They're a little bit behind on uh, replenishing their infrastructure. They're way behind on wind power and solar power. There is some of it in the grid. I have solar power. It's a real it's a real debacle what happened with that. I won't go into that. Matter of fact, I'm in a lawsuit right now. Uh, they, they're, they're pretty good. They also uh, maintain uh, a, uh, a watershed system of dams where electrical power uh, comes uh, to us who are their consumers. Uh, and hydroelectric, it comes from coal, comes from oil. Um, it comes to a limited extent from green. Okay, So that's a halfway decent company. They supposedly operate at a loss. Then we have Arizona Public Service. Now, Pretty fair on the green side of things. However, mainly uh, they have mainly they uh, their coal, their oil, uh, mainly uh, and natural gas and uh, nuclear. They have a big nuclear plant which is really aging and about to go uh, about to go under or get uh, you know, get turned off. Now, wouldn't it be great if that plant got converted to a molten salt reactor? Yeah, but well, you know, I talked about that in the last podcast. Get some more information on molten salt reactors. It's, it's pretty encouraging when it comes to nuclear, and they can be set up fairly quickly, and there's a lot of research going on in that area. And I think if we had more of those to kind of get us to the point where we can go all renewable, sustainable, all green, in other words, we'd be in pretty good shape. But we're not doing that. So we'd be pretty vulnerable here uh, to the same kind of thing that Texas went through. Of course, we know California is a joke. Uh, you, we know that the Edison company over there is a real piece of shit. They didn't even have enough common sense to bury their goddamn power lines. Oh, why wouldn't you do that? We don't do that here either. That's a, that's a real problem. Also, 
you know, if you go around the country, uh, the good power companies are the ones that are public. The ones that have problems are the ones that are private. They're changing hands. They're going from coal to oil to natural gas or flip-flopping. And why is that? It's once again that old bugaboo called profits before people. You know, power has become almost a fundamental need. Almost. Along with food and shelter. We need power. We can't have food. We can't build shelter without power, right? Right. Okay. Okay, so uh, here, here's the problem, you know, with the, with the whole thing. I mean, <laughs> I just, <laughs> it blows me away. So I'm going to play some more music here while we're going. Um, here's a new one from Whitechapel. Well, it's not new. It's seven months old. It's called Doomwoods. One of my favorite bands, Whitechapel. seen them many times met a couple of the guys in the band about 10 years ago at a small venue okay so here here here's a nazi bitch uh, that uh, posts on facebook all the time her name is anita she's visiting los angeles now she's from philadelphia and uh she's a, a big time uh right wing uh, alt-right supporter she had a business there. It got raided by rioters. Well, that's that's wrong. It sh- that should have happened. I, I, you know, I have sentimentality for her there. However, now she's turned. She's done that complete about face. Los Angeles gyms need to open now. Bring back physical expression. What kind of bullshit comment is that? Whew. Next. Yeah. It, uh, as though... Uh, she had any say so in that one and two uh, gyms have too close a contact if people don't observe uh, the uh, the guidelines from the CDC the gyms are gonna you know people are gonna get infected but you know what as long as us old farts and us people who have uh, pre-existing conditions who know we have them stay away from them we'll be fine you don't need a gym to work out I mean you can go outside and walk it, it, you know, the latest data tells us that if you walk, uh, what is it, anywhere between 20 and 50 minutes a day, don't even have to do what I do, which is interval training walking, that your health will be greatly improved and your lifespan increased. You don't need to go in the gym and, and pump iron and, and, you know, parade around and stand in front of the mirror with your dick hanging out. You don't need to do that. 
You know, this uh, petulant narcissism that our society is infected with, and look how it creeps over. You get a statement like that from somebody who doesn't live in Los Angeles, one. Two, whom I doubt, you know, goes to the gym very much. Three, who's just spewing nonsense just to get attention. I'm not going to give her any. Now, here's one here. A friend of mine who committed suicide, people are like, posted a picture of him. And in this picture, there's a bunch of dead fuckers. A whole bunch of dead fuckers from 2016. Holy crap. Wow. Wow. This one friend of mine, he he loves to, he he loves to uh, canonize people, uh, turn them into little minor saints and and he loves to, uh, oh, what's the word? I, I forgot it. But anyway, I, I'll go for that. Okay. So here's another one. There's a friend of mine. This is really cool. Emergent Magic. He's got a, he's a really cool guy. We're going to get him on our other podcast. Uh, his name is Jason Gow. Um, we're going to get him on there. He's got a really cool logo. Really good guy. Anyway. Okay, so uh, let's see. What's the next one here? President Biden is calling on Congress to take action on gun violence. Okay, the meme is, I'm calling on Congress to enact common sense gun law reforms, including requiring background checks on all gun sales, banning assault weapons and high-capacity magazines, and eliminating immunity for gun manufacturers. Goddamn right. And it doesn't mean your guns are going to be taken away. They're not going to take away my guns. I got a bunch of guns. They're not going to take them away. No, it means that the average bozo can't go out and buy an AR-15, which can be converted quickly to fully automatic with a great, with a huge magazine. They're still going to buy them, of course. They're still going to get them black market. And it's going to drive the price way up. And those fuckers who do it are going to be they're going to be subject to getting prosecuted by the ATF. Bada boom, bada bing. So people get into this gun control nonsense, uh, and, and most of them have no right, they have no need of an assault weapon. What are they going to do? They're going to depose a tyrannical government. Okay, well, instead of going to the ballot box, instead of becoming more informed about current events issues, you know, instead of doing real activism and organizing, they're doing bullshit, and the organizing they do is like all coming seated by the NRA and its various corrupt uh, fucking agendas. And here's my NRA soapbox. I was a member of the NRA for a long time. The NRA, when I joined the NRA, was a gun safety and firearms training organization primarily, which had perks and benefits. So, 
You know, now the NRA has uh, gotten their ass whipped a couple of times. They moved to Texas. That's a good place for them in the Texas where they can get all them them old pistol pack and honcho shotgun toters and goddamn AR-15 butt suckers. Yeah, they can get all those people. Yeah, the fact remains, this is where I like my violence in the music. And what does it do? It quells my violent desires. It it makes me peaceful and relaxed and motivated. I love metal. Metal is the number one music form in the world. It's number one. So all you all you popsters and hip hoppers and rappers and pop jumpers and you know you know what pop is here's my definition of pop that's the sound of a fat ass which was stuck to the toilet getting up pop okay but I do like some pop artists you know I like Billie Eilish I think she's fucking great so there's a there, there's the extent of my hypocrisy in music. There's some real winners on here. Oh boy, 3D bioprinting. World's first lab-grown ribeye steak demonstrates new 3D bioprinting technology. Well, it's a good idea, and I, I, I'd like to eat lab meat. I'd like to see it extensively tested to make sure it's free of toxins and, and additives, which uh, have toxic effects. But I'll eat it. Now, the less cows we have belching methane, into the air, the better. The less sheep we have belching methane into the air, the better. You know, catfish and chickens aren't too bad. Pork is kind of in the middle ground there. Pork's not good for a lot of different conditions, though, because it's got some... uh, Well, yeah, I mean, I got psoriasis, and pork's not good for that. So here it is. After a little over two years after Israel-based startup, Aleph Farms revealed the first... The world's first lab-grown steak. The company now revealed a much more complex thick-cut ribeye steak cultivated using a novel 3D. Wow. You know, these these pages suck. They immediately try to jump into an ad where somebody's trying to sell you something that's totally absurd that you don't need. Okay. Okay. Cultivated using a novel 3D bioprinting technology... The company suggests it now has the ability to produce lab-grown iterations of any type of steak. Lab-grown meat, also known as cultured meat or clean meat, has been rapidly evolving over the past few years. Across a decade, science moved producing a soggy form of pork in a lab to a cultured chicken nugget hitting Singapore market shelves and world-first regulatory approval. Wow. Of course, we have to keep tongue-in-cheek about stuff in Asia. <laughs> yeah, eating bats. Uh, oh, wet market bat eating. I, I guess, you know, if you have a taste for that, it's cool. But I have no desire to eat a uh, flying fox, a fruit bat. I have no desire to eat bats. I have no desire to eat rodents, rats, any of that. Anyway, so there we go. Uh, you know, we're, we're headed for a, a, a new deal when it comes to that. Okay, here's a good one. Smithsonian. I'm a friend of mine, TK. 
A new DNA analysis shows Aboriginal Australians are the world's oldest society. Well, that makes sense. They still hang out in the dream time, man. Can you hear those didgeridoos? I could hear Whitechapel. God damn, you can't beat three guitars when they're done right. The group was the first to split after a single wave of migration out of Africa took place between 51,000 and 72,000 years ago, a study shows. How cool. Well, we, we also are getting a lot of facts about uh, the first humans uh, in, in the Americas, which is really not what they are, but the, the, these continents, the Western continents, is probably what we should call them. And, 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 you know, it's very enlightening. There were civilizations here, you know, even, even like 3,000 years ago, uh, there were... Uh, the cultures, the native cultures, or the migrated native cultures that were here, uh, you know, like the mound builders. Actually, the mounds were not burial mounds necessarily. They were, uh, they were actually temples. And uh, it's, it's, I'm watching this series, uh, this this course on uh, the great courses about that. It's called the earliest civilizations in the Americas, I believe. Great. I, you know, I, I recommend, you know, if you, if you want to continue your education in some areas, to subscribe, and that way you can supplement yourself with other literature that's available on the Internet. Yeah, the more we find out about uh, how long we've been around and how successful we have been for over thousands of years, see, I, I think what a lot of people forget, and I'm going to close with this, what a lot of people forget can't forget that riff. Uh, we, we, we tend to think that we're like the only game that ever was in town. That, you know, before we had these United States, that everything else was just kind of a prelude to what we have now. And we're just the greatest ever, greatest ever will be, greatest ever has been, and we're going to be great again. And that's that... Uh, that's that white fear, I believe. I think uh, most of this is white fear. People are deathly afraid that what they've been propagandized and brainwashed to believe is going to go away. And it's really not that way. Uh, I, I think the more that we know about what came before us, the better off we might be because there's lessons to be learned. I mean, it's widely, widely thought, I don't know if it's accepted, that here where I live, that a couple thousand years ago, there was a great culture here that had irrigation canals, did a lot of farming, had an actual civilization here, which, because of probably of a great drought, dried up and blew away in the wind. And then you had isolated tribes again. And, you know, there's a lot of post-apocalyptic uh, movies about all this kind of thing. You know, the Mad Max spinoffs and all those kinds of things. And and maybe some of it is not so wrong. We just, you know, I for one don't want to see us go down that path. 
uh, even though it might be inevitable. I, I really don't want to see us go down that path. I, you know, I want people to have a good life. I want people to be informed, make rational decisions. I want that to happen. I, you know, you can't push that on anyone because people get a little crazy. I've gotten a little crazy. I know a lot of people get, we get a little crazy and we start getting fucked up in the head and then we start believing in shit that is just bullshit. We start, now, I'm going to go on with some other podcasts at a later date about magic and what uh, what that means to me and how I practice that and live in that world. And let me say for me right now in closing, there's two types of reality. There's mundane reality, which has most of the useful falsehoods. I, I like Donald Hoffman. I, I highly recommend you guys listen to him. You watch his, his uh, videos on uh, YouTube. That There's a reality which is beyond what we think is reality. There's an actual reality. We probably won't know what most of that is, ever. Everything that we live in realistically is a useful falsehood which leads to us being able to reproduce and have evolutionary success. So we have that mundane reality that we live in, which is rational, which helps us function in the everyday world. And in that reality, a lot of us don't accept any, uh, you know, any types of theism or deities or any of that. That's, you know, it's, it's not a reality for us. And then we have magical thinking realities, like the... The Q-Fucks. The Q-Fucks believe in some really absurd ideas and conspiracy theories. And it, it helps them have a sense of belonging with others. It helps them uh, cope with uh, the fears and the paranoia that they have. And that's where religion comes in. Because religion, as we have seen, um, I'm not going to say this is the deal. Religion has been a useful falsehood for a lot of people because it helps them cope with mundane reality, which can be a bit trying. <laughs> Surviving and then thriving is, is a real challenge, as we know from looking at the rest of the world outside of our bubble. And so in these magical realities, we have the ability, if we know some techniques, to maybe bend what's going on to maybe change in conformity with our will maybe maybe we are maybe we're not however those can be as well in my opinion useful falsehoods as donald hoffman puts it anyway uh, that's it for today wednesday the 17th of february era vulgaris 2021 i hope you have a great fucking day